Pinverse Genius Episode 61, A Bucket of Libations. In this episode, Stephanie Straw and Donald Dennis talk about whiskey, mead, and anime. Hey, if you like what you hear and you'd like to support us, you can go to patreon.com slash obg. Everything that comes in from there goes to cover our monthly podcasting costs, which we appreciate. Thanks. Welcome to another episode of the Inverse Genius Fortnightly, the show where we talk about stuff that we like that is not game-related, stuff that we're very excited about right now. And if you want to hear more about our gaming preferences, you can head over to InverseGenius.com and look at like the Onboard Games podcast, where we talk about all that other stuff. I am Donald. Hello, everybody. And I'm absolutely thrilled to be here with the brilliant and effervescent Stephanie Straw. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. Hello, hello. <laughs> so welcome to, I don't know if this is your first fortnightly, um, but uh, but welcome welcome to the show. Have you been geeking about out about anything lately that you're not particularly uh, going to expound upon over the length of the podcast? Something you want to just say, hey, this has been fun, or what have you? Uh, this is my first fortnightly. Uh, mm-hmm. th- thank you. Glad to be here. Um, mm-hmm. Let's see something that's fun. Um, I mean, games. <laughs> I've been doing a lot of games. Doing a lot of games. Okay. Okay. Uh, I've played Arc Nova recently. Love that one. That's uh, uh-huh. Tom, Tom Vassell's number one currently. Apparently. Gotcha. Interesting, right? Mm-hmm. Um, been, been playing some video games. I, I do those like escape games. Oh um, yes. You know, like The Room and The House of Da Vinci, and then also I like to be a pirate sometimes in Sea of Thieves. Ooh, I, yeah, and that's now on. Uh, game pass so we may get people start playing that at the library so yeah so it's, it's on steam and the xbox game pass which technically you can get on your pc too so yep 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 i've been playing video game wise inscription and i was going to talk about it today but something happened in the game and i no longer feel qualified to talk about it yet so once i've completed the game i'm sure that that's going to be my topic so um if you haven't played played inscription it's um let's just say it's deck buildery and it's a little creepy, and it's it's very interesting. So hmm, I'll have to check, check it out. Check that out. Uh, also, uh, we'll talk about some stuff that we've mentioned before. Peacemaker is over. It is finished. We're not going to spoil anything about it, especially since Stephanie hasn't watched it yet. But <laughs> it ended strong. Uh, I got really irritated for about 15 seconds in the middle of the episode, and then they f- blew right past that, and I was like, okay, now it makes the response to it was good in the show. And so I was no longer irritated with it, but yeah, so I liked it a lot. It is definitely not for everybody. It's, it's a little brutal. So, Mm -hmm. so there you have that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, so let's talk about our big topics. Let's dive right in. And I understand uh, that you may have some liquid libations to discuss. Yes. I love scotch. Scotchy, scotch, scotch. (laughs) I am a churl and I know nothing about scotch. (laughs) <laughs> Except I like Jambui, which means I don't like scotch. So, <laughs> I mean, a rusty nail is scotch and Jambui. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Doesn't that sound like such an appealing drink name? <laughs> uh, you know, uh, just get your tetanus shot first and you'll be all right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, I, I, I love scotch. How did you come to scotch? Ooh, good question. Um, I'm trying to think who would have been the first one to introduce it to me. I think that I, I was like a whiskey fan pretty early on, even though, Mm. um, 
hitting 21 uh, in college, that was not actually a thing that was, it was usually like vodka or rum, you mm. know, or for, or jello shots or, you know, that kind of stuff. So whiskey wasn't a thing that I really got to enjoy. But then once I had some like Jack Daniels or Maker's Mark or, you know, those, yeah, stuff like that. Um, Jack I, Daniels I really still makes me sick. Oh, really? Just smelling it still makes me sick. Yeah. That's a different story though. So whiskeys and bourbons, I really, I really enjoyed. Um, maybe, maybe more bourbons, but I mean, I like Jack Daniels too, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I started getting into those and then I think maybe like my brother-in-law or something was like, do you want to try some of this scotch? And I don't remember what it was. I think it possibly was, I think he was drinking Macallan at the time. Um, mm-hmm. Probably Macallan 10 or um, Chevis, I think. He also liked that, which those are actually kind of two conflicting flavors, but <laughs> um, he, he liked both of those. And uh, I just, I don't know. It's like a first taste. You're like, whoa, this is a lot. But then you just kind of get used to it. I mean, the first time I had a sip of beer, I remember being like, that's gross. You know, now I love beer. Um, same thing with wine. Hmm. I think it's just expectation is, is a lot for drinking just booze in general. Like, knowing the what it's going to taste like um so yeah I, I just i don't know that it, it it suits it suits me it works well with me so hmm. i just i just started drinking it i do so what's the difference uh, between scotch and whiskey um so yeah there are some differences some of them like bourbon and like tennessee whiskey are made with like corn or at least, or, or at least a certain amount of corn i think it has to be like over half corn and then there's rye whiskey, which is um, made from rye, of course. You know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. Um, yeah, and so there's there's definitely some different you know flavors and brands and types out there. Um, as far as Scotch whiskey, um, there's single malt and there's a blended. Um, there's uh, single grain, blended grain, you know, that type of thing. So, and also there's mm. all different kinds of, you know, mixtures with like barley and, and water and, uh, and, and stuff like that. So th- those, I feel like get to be a little bit more complex um, in the processes. Um, but yeah, they're mostly used with, with barley as far as I know, unless there's, you know, I'm not like, some kind of connoisseur or like expert on it by any means. Mm -hmm. Um, So if anyone's listening and they're like, that's wrong, sorry, (laughs) this is just, (laughs) this is what I know. We've got to let our listeners know. And and, and of course, let you know, this is not a show about being an expert. (laughs) This is a show about being excited or enthusiastic about things. If we had to know what we were talking about, we would have ended this podcast. (laughs) Great. Yeah. So I love it, but it's not my job and I haven't done a ton of research outside mm-hmm. of tasting. <laughs> so, <laughs> so my my knowledge of, of of whiskey is is very narrow. I think my dad kept Cuddy Sark, uh, you know, as his well booze. Yep. I don't know, and he he liked the Dimple Pinch or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And there's a couple of others, but um, you know, I am basically we we're talking about before we started recording how. Um, you know, I use Drambuie in many of my drinks and, uh, that's about as close as I get to whiskey, uh, because I guess it's like scotch, it's like whiskey with, uh, with herbs and honey in it. Um, so, uh, the other, other time is the first time I tried whiskey, I was near a lit candle, um, which could have gone better. 
because I was awfully young and near lit candle. So we'll just leave that to the imagination Flammable. of a spray yeah. of scotch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but so, what are you excited about uh, in in Scotch whiskey this these days? What is it uh, um, that you're excited about? Now? Um, my favorites kind of have stood the test of time. Um, I will say mm-hmm. that my my palate is probably over like evolved um, throughout the years, whereas I used to kind of weirdly prefer the Islay scotches. Um, and mm-hmm. those I think are not typically a favorite amongst um, like first time scotch drinkers. There's probably some that they like would recommend, you know, um, like a single malt or something. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I really leaned towards those. So Lafroig and Lagavulin um, are some really good, uh, Islay scotches that I enjoy. Um, but one of, one of the, the interesting things about scotch is that I feel like everybody has an opinion on like how to drink it. Right. Like some people are like, never mm-hmm. put more than, you know, only for only pipette <laughs> distilled water into it after you've had a sip and, you know, like pipe it one drop at a time, oh. you know, there's, and then some people are like, put ice cubes in it, but no more than two or, you know, or you can put a, a, a whiskey ball or something in it, you know, but yeah, a lot of people have opinions. You're saying doing it with a whiskey slushy is probably nobody's preferred way. I mean, you know what? I honestly just say, especially if you're just like, you want to get into it and the taste that you feel like you kind of like it, but it's a little overwhelming. Honestly, I say, Put a little dash of Coke in there, like Coca-Cola. Put a, put a, put a dash mm-hmm. of Coca-Cola in there. Put a dash of whatever, Dr. Pepper, whatever your favorite, you know, dark carbonated Bev is. And I honestly think that it can, you know, that now people are like screaming, like if there's, you know, probably some people are like, no, never do that. But honestly, I think it's mm-hmm. a good way to kind of train your palate to something that's familiar that you like, know, and love. And then with something mm-hmm. that's new that can be a little, you know, h- harsh and overwhelming. And then through time, you know, you might not want to mix it with Scotch or Dr. Pepper and you want to have it pure. Um, or maybe you want to have a little bit of water in it, you know, a little whatever. But um, or maybe you continue to drink it with Scotch or Dr. Pepper. You know, I don't know. I mean, do whatever you want to do. Yeah. I mean, I would <laughs> I, I would not want anyone to put like Coke or Dr. Pepper in my like very expensive glass of Scotch personally. But Absolutely. And I think that's, that's the other thing is that, you know, you're, you're going to be needing mixes of some sort, the lower you get on the price spectrum. Uh, you know, when you get something that's a, that's a higher quality, if you feel the need to throw in Coke or whatever it is, then maybe. Maybe you don't like scotch as much as you thought you did, but. For the top two. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, like. Um, which is fine. Lafroy 10 is one of my go-tos and it is not expensive. I mean, Lagavulin, the ones I drink are 60 to 80, but Lafroy, you can get some pretty cheap Lafroy. Nice. Um, and so I'm going to ask you to shoot me uh, in Messenger all the names that you drop mm-hmm. here so that people can find I them. Will. Because there's no way they're going to get it by the yes, spelling. And <laughs> yeah. When I, yeah. Akintoshin Three Woods, another one. Good luck trying to guess on how to spell that one. <laughs> but um, yeah, and I'll put, I'll put, I'll give you the years that I would say are good, uh, good starters. Now, obviously, some of the more aged ones, um, typically, not always, but the more aged something is, like wine or scotch or whatever, then the better it is. But that's that's not always the case. But a lot of times that is the case with 
with scotch and their special years and, and seasons, you know, if like they had a, a really bad year, you know, you know, in Scotland one year, maybe their barley like isn't as great or something, you know? So there's definitely some, right. some better years and uh, being aged over a certain amount of time always affects stuff like that. So in your experience, what does aging impart to a whiskey? Mm, I feel like, it is more flavor and a bolder flavor and maybe a flavor that makes sense. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not just Mm -hmm. like, ah, this is caramel. You know, it's like, Oh, these flavors kind of all seem like they're harmonizing together and not just, I taste caramel. I taste vanilla. You know, I taste there's charcoal notes. I know that sounds weird to say something in it, but you know, you, there could be some smoky notes, you know, it's, it, and they're not like separate. I think honestly, the more that they're together, they harmonize more. And then you, you can still taste the separate flavors, but they just work really well together. Hmm. Yeah. And when you open it, if it has been aging for so mm-hmm. long, do you get just a uh, more flavor or more alcohol? Fla- is? Because I know that when I'm, you know, cracking out a bottle of mead. And, and if I open it the day before, then the next day it's going to taste much better than it did when I first opened it. Cause it's less of just harsh alcohol and more actual flavor of the, you know, whatever the meat is like the Jansk, I can't pronounce this. I'm sorry, but the Viking blood mead <laughs> uh, that I love is pretty good when you first open it. But after, you know, you let it uh, air out a bit, um, it's pretty amazing. No, I think similar to to that and to wines, I think uh, for me personally, I like to open it up and, and let it breathe. And that's what the mm-hmm. distilled water actually does for the scotch uh, for some people. Okay. It's their preference. It, it opens it up and kind of allows it to be what it fully could or should be um, without distilling what's in the bottle, you know offhand put in like a water nice. drip in the bottle. But uh, there's also kind of like a time frame that you're technically supposed to finish a bottle of scotch. Um, I forget what it is and it might vary, but I think I remember reading somewhere that you should actually finish it within six months of opening it. And I'm like, wow. Cause if you have a really nice bottle of scotch, you're probably not going to want to do that. Right. So I am, I am curious about that. And now I'm going to have to go do my research uh, and see wow. and, and see if that's, uh, if that's the case or if that's still true or whatever. But um, that, is, I mean, I can, I can finish a, a like Lagavulin or Lafroy 10 within six months for sure. But if I had mm-hmm. a nicer bottle that someone gifted me, um, I guess, I guess you're just encouraged to share it with friends. Just find some other scotch friends. I guess so. <laughs> well, the, the only bottle I've had last for more than six months um, was a bottle of pumpkin cream liqueur that's still in the fridge in the back hiding there. Cause we keep forgetting about that sounds it. Lovely. I don't know if, um, you know, I mean, it's probably all right, but I bought it for someone else in the family cause it's more their favorite flavor than mine. And I always forget to say, Hey, would you like some of this? So eh, it's there. Mm-hmm. It's for people. Um, but anyway, yeah. So is, what is the, your favorite, one that, that you generally go to and it doesn't have to be, Oh, this is always the best, but it's the one that you feel most in the mood for most Love often. Berlin, hands down. Yeah. Okay. It's um, a, and it can, it can be a, a varying range of years, but, um, yeah, I, I love Lagavulin. That's probably what people gift me, you know, for my birthday or Christmas, if they think to get me a bottle of scotch. Um, cause I, I absolutely adore it. 
um, yeah, it's, it's my go-to. I just, it, it was kind of the first one that I really, really, really loved too. So maybe it has some nostalgia for me. No, I mean, when it, you get the one that sort of helps set your tastes in stone, so to speak, then yeah, that's going to be the one you were. Yeah, I think to. it's like familiar. It's kind of like, yes, old friend, that's you. You know, when you sit down with a glass of it, it's like, ah, mm-hmm. yep. It's just mm-hmm. like sitting down with you to podcast. It's like, yep, that's my friend Donald. Yeah, that's that's a good <laughs> thing. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, I was going to do some anime stuff, and maybe we'll talk about that here in a minute. Um, but I think I need to talk meat if you're talking yeah. scotch. So, um, but you had the one that you really wanted to try. Do you have one that's like, oh, this is my platinum standard must go get, or this is so rare. I've never had it, but I want to for your, scotches. you know, I need to remember it's, it's actually one that, um, Stephen Bonacore brought to, um, the scotch test dummies. They are a, uh, mm-hmm. they do a review, you know, channel on YouTube they, uh, one of them is uh, chief is an avid board gamer and he went to BGGCon. I know we're not supposed to talk about board games, but this is, you know, related. Anyway, he, yeah. you can talk about board game related yeah. stuff, but we're not. Yeah, he on. used to, um, host a scotch t- tasting thing at BGG and, um, Stephen Bonagore had brought something and I always forget the name and then I, I, I can Google around and then I end up finding it. But, um, he brought uh-huh. a very lovely and pricey bottle of scotch and it was, divine so that's probably my like goat <laughs> greatest of all time scotch that i ever had and that's a really good opportunity actually if um if you know if you're interested in, in scotch if there's somewhere that has like a tasting or like a little flight or um if you have some friends that are into it that can you know give you a couple to try um there's a whole world out there oh, there's also japanese scotches oh, there's so yeah, I, and I, those have a sort of a different flavor profile. They don't do, they? yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Because I feel like uh, yeah. you know they they tend to be like caramely and vanilla and and you know those types of flavors, uh, maple and uh, but the Japanese ones I feel like have maybe more. I'll, I'll call those warm flavors, and I feel like the Japanese ones have more crisp flavors to me. Not all of them, I'm sure, but a lot of the ones that I've had. Nice. How do you? takers with a, a few pipe pipe drops of distilled water or do you have your own whiskey stones or do you just have your slushy i have all of the above i have i have some stones i have <laughs> um i don't have a formal fancy like distilled water with pipette my brother-in-law does um but i, I will just put water i'll just put water from in there like from a water bottle just a little bit sometimes um but that, mm-hmm. that's mostly it, either stones or um, a little bit of water. Or sometimes I don't put anything. It just kind of depends. But usually I'll put a little bit of water to open it up. Do you ever do it uh, with a twist mm-hmm. or um, anything like that? Or is it just, you know, a few drops of branch water or, or neat? You know, I have never thought to do that. But that is kind of an interesting idea. I love that in my whiskey, like an orange peel or... Um, there's even this cool fancy party trick I can do with a lemon peel and a lighter and it like does like a poof, a little flame. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm talking about? Cause the, the wax yes, on the I lemon kind of yeah, activates, but, um, that could be, well, and the yeah, oils. The oils, yeah, yeah. Cause that, that could be interesting potentially. I feel like add a little, like, you yes. know, slightly charred lemon peel or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. 
Well, okay. Is there anything else, or should I leap onto my mead wagon? I mean, let's talk mead. Are you are you a big fan of mead? I have not had a lot okay, of mead. So you probably had Chaucer's, right? I could not tell you. Okay, so Chaucer's is, is the generic, inoffensive mead that comes with the little spice packet so that you can mull your mead at Christmas. Uh, and, you know, there's, there's nothing wrong with Chaucer's, but it's like there's nothing wrong with Budweiser, but that doesn't mean it's what I want. Most of the time, if I'm looking for wheat for actual mead, I'm going to go anywhere but Chaucer's. And so my favorite mead that I ever had is the one that uh, my wife and I used for our wedding toast. Mm-hmm. And um, it was the Apis Jadwiga Honey Raspberry Mead. And I think it's Polish. Uh, and ooh, ooh, okay. When I was researching for this, it looks like it's available somewhere at $30 a bottle. I just have to find it. Um, but it comes, it's got sort of like a wicker basket protection around it and a big old wax stamp on it, which probably means you're paying for that instead of the mead. But honestly, this was amazing stuff. We first encountered it, I think when I lived in Maryland and, or maybe up in New York, but it is brilliant. Um, was a wonderful thing, but now what, since I don't generally have that available, Um, the stuff that I have been drinking lately is I'm randomly traveling through the world and I find a liquor store and I buy whatever they have. Uh, and, uh, I've encountered this stuff from, uh, it's Donks, Donks Mjod, M-J-O-D, but it's obviously not in English. Um, and it's called Viking Blood. Um, Mm -hmm. and it comes in a really neat, uh, I mean, you can talk bottles all day. I mean, I'm just as excited about bottles in many cases as I am what's in them. But um, these are stoneware bottles that if you're bottling your own mead, once you've got this and you've had a few bottles of this, you've got wonderful bottles that you can do your own bottling in. Um, but they have such a neat variety of meads. They've got, uh, you know, meads with cardamom in it. They've got an apple pie one. Um and just a, a whole line of meats. And they got some with hops. And I've discovered, I think I hate hops, at least in my mead. I'm not a huge uh, IPA fan either. Um, okay. But uh, I'm more sours than I am bitters. Um, but uh, so that's really neat. And recently uh, I had some Wildwood Cellars uh, mead and it's pretty cool. And I guess I could go through and list the dozens and dozens of brands that I've had that I, that I like, but um I will just say that if you see two bottles of mead there and one of them is Chaucer's and the other is not Chaucer's, the Chaucer's is going to be the one that more people like. Hmm. The other one is going to have more flavor, probably. So one is going to be the one that more people like and the other one will be the one that you like. The, for me, yes, or- almost entirely. <laughs> yes. Um, and that uh, I've done mead tastings before. When I was up in New York for uh, for grad school, we uh, uh, had a friend there who was in library school with me who had brewed his own mead. And so we had like seven or eight bottles that we purchased of different types. And um, the thing about mead is you expect it all to be sweet because, you know, it's made from honey. But just mm-hmm. like any any alcohol, that the sugars are devoured by yes. Um, the yeasties and beasties to turn it into alcohol. And the more sugar, uh, the more alcohol, typically. The more sugar, the more alcohol. And then you can add sugar after once it's finished its thing. So you'll find there's a thing, I think it's called Hippocross, and I may be pronouncing that wrong, but it's basically a honeyed wine with herbs. Hmm. 
and it is delicious and it almost counts as mead. So I will certainly throw it in here with that. Um, and there's, there's a few different varieties of that. Um, I think it was Bunratty was the one that I discovered too quickly and too fiercely one evening, but now they're doing meads that you can find in cans. Uh, and so it'll maybe yeah, everything is, everything is trying to be available in cans or single servings. I feel like. And, and that's great. Well, yeah. And yeah. I mean, there's like some sour apple ones. There's some that have been spicy. There's just such a variety of flavors. And it feels like one thing that meat is sort of avoiding that uh, many other prestige alcohols is that it, there's not the same feeling that everything has to be pure. Like, I mean, if you're going for scotch, right, um, then you are pretty much paying for the the purity, the essence of of that flavor of that region of, of that process. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, mead goes, you know, wherever, Oh sure. We're going to put uh, peppers in this and we're going to put some, some cherries and, you know, maybe we'll throw a, you know, a rat's head in. No, probably not that, but you, you, you can get all kinds of, you know, additives in your mead pre-done. And so it is not exactly soda pop, but it certainly falls in that. And it's also one of the easiest things to make. And, if we ever get uh, our own place where we're not renting and we got the room, then I'm absolutely going to set up a batch of mead because you can get your water bottles, pour out enough water that you can put in the yeast and put in the, uh, and put in the honey and whatever cherry or whatever else you want to put in there and then put the thing that keeps bad stuff from getting in, but lets the air out and you can brew your own, mead up pretty fast or pretty effortlessly, I guess is a better way of putting it. So yeah, there's that. And if anybody knows where to get this Jagualdo mead, I will absolutely put a picture in the show notes. Then, <laughs> then that is, that's a thing I want. And I would be what, your devoted friend. What do you think it is about weed, uh, weed, about <laughs> mead that you like so much? Um, well, <laughs> I mean, you know, it, First of all, it's it's something that nobody else was drinking. I think that that might have been it, right? Early on, it was like it's a holiday drink, and we I had a couple friends who uh, were also yeah, let's do that, and we did mold mead, and it was very exciting to sort of do to do that with the family. It was like oh, I have the opportunity to say hey, Dad, look, I'm making an alcohol beverage, and I'm going to force the whole family to drink it uh, because his tradition are family tradition is that whenever it's a family gathering holiday, like Christmas or Thanksgiving or whatever, you show up and you get a bloody Mary. Uh, it's a 10 AM. If dad's in the bar, he's making bloody Marys for people. Uh, normally he's much more restrained about his alcohol uh, serving, but uh, by golly, um, holidays are bloody Mary. So it was neat to have that, right? This was kind of my own thing that I could mm-hmm. do. And also it's you know, still an experience exploratory thing. There's a lot of people who don't know much about it, who, who drink alcohol. There's, and also you go to Ren Fairs and I love going to Ren Fairs. I've been going to Ren Fairs forever and I only like some beer and then I only ever really like it. I never, never fall head over heels with most beers unless it's like a Lambic or something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, every Ren Fair has mead. And I think that's probably where I developed my, my super affinity for it. It's going to Ren Fairs. Yeah, I think you're right. Like some people don't know that it exists. They're mm-hmm. like, "Oh, I thought that was like made up or in stories or 
whatever. It's like, nope, yep, that's real. It's a real drink. (laughs) Vikings drink it. A lot of people probably drink it. It was one of the, you know, like I said, you can accidentally make mead. Uh, you know, yeah, I want, I wondered about that a lot with like, like with scotch, cause it seems like an involved process. Mm-hmm. So it's like, how did that, how did that first happen? I guess I assume it was just like stuff going bad kind of. Well, so, so scotch is, you know, a distilled spirit, mm-hmm. right? And so it's got a whole, you could take mead and you could distill it the same way right. you do like a grain mash or whatever it is. And yeah, and it was like alchemists or whoever was like, oh, we can distill this down and use this for light or for you know fire. There's so many alchemical processes, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Obviously, didn't work out for the whole gold thing, but you know what I mean. That yeah, that it was intentional. And then they said, oh, wait, you can drink this too and get pickled quick. And they're like, well, we want some with flavor. Is how I imagine it happened. I have no proof. Proof, huh? And, um, but yeah, so it was intentional intentional yeah so yeah i I honestly feel like um scotch and mead go well together you know Mm -hmm. like that those warm flavors you know honey and uh whatever else you impart in mead like you said it seems like you can put everything in there so right i I, I love a versatile drink like that mead i feel like could taste wildly different yes based on on which one you're having some might argue that scotch is the same way but i i think if you don't like scotch, you are not going to suddenly find a scotch you like. You know what I mean? But I feel like you could be like, no, I don't know if I really like mead. But then I think you could have some that you are like, okay, no, I like this. I could drink this. I mean, there are some abominations of sugary sweet mead that obviously made for children. Um, but (laughs) or so that are 21 21. pallets of children. (laughs) Sorry, not actually made for children. Um, Okay, yeah. That, that you know, you're like, oh, this is this is that kind of deal, and I, you can mix it with cider, mix mead with cider, and it's a great little drink uh, as well. Uh, but oh, I had somewhere I was going with this, but uh, you distracted me with my st- stupid giving alcohol to children joke um, that I made uh, unintentionally. Um, well, we were talking about um, you know liking different types. Cause I, oh, yeah. I, I feel like there's a lot of. I feel like I've had a lot of different types of mead. And I mm-hmm. could not tell you because it's almost always like someone's homemade mead or someone brought it to like, you know, so I don't, I've never like ordered it at a restaurant. So I don't, I don't know, you know, the brands or I'm not, I'm not familiar with that, but, um, and I've, and I've had, I think mead that tastes wildly different. I liked them all. I, mean, mm-hmm. I don't remember being like, I don't like this one. This is gross. I mean, I've even, I've had some, I dislike, but I go out of my way to try all the weird ones. Um, I would say that that we was talking about Chaucer's. It is the one that I have seen that I lived in California, lived in Virginia, lived in New York, Oklahoma, here in South Carolina. It's the one that's available everywhere. So it probably mm-hmm. makes up 80% or more, uh, or at least it did up until a decade ago, of all sold meat anywhere in the U.S. And that's interesting that it's not flavorful, in your opinion, as flavorful as some, some of the others. Well, I mean... It, that's the same reason why Budweiser is the most popular beer in the world is it's not designed it's to be a blank slate. Yeah. 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 And I mean, as much as I've almost kind of ragged on Budweiser, it's, it's the kind of beer that if you've just mowed the yard and you want something that is more about being refreshing than being beer, then the generic American beer is not a horrible choice for that. Um, because you're not necessarily going to want the sour beers that I like or, 
you know. Sure. I would just have water. Yes. I mean, <laughs> sure. If you have to. I'll just I'll just take water instead. Thanks. I'm not a big lager fan though, so. Well, I mean, I can't complain. I, I, I like fl- I mean, clearly. I guess that might be my thing with like booze and like, you know, liquors and meat and wine is I like flavor. I want it to have some personality. So, that's why I like scotch. It definitely has that. And I feel like meat has that too. Now you have me intrigued because I want to try more meat. I don't know if that's a thing. It was never really a thing in the South. Their thing was moonshine in Arkansas where I grew up. So mm-hmm. I, that was more often brought to parties and things like that. And then up here in the Pacific Northwest, um, I don't know. I don't know. Is there a big mead scene? Maybe in Portland? I feel like Portland. See, mead, I, I, right? don't th- I don't think that there is a mead seed because it is so, it's not like, industrial farming where you can get, you know, a thousand acres of wheat, throw it in a bucket and call it a day or, you know, 1500 acres of hops or whatever you've, it's a lot of work to get that many gallons of honey. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess we got honey on all of our grocery store shelves. So maybe, but that's not the honey you want to make yours with. You want to make it with local honey if you can. Though, honestly, if I make it, I'm going to go to Costco. I'm going to buy their big giant thing of honey and and get my yeast and throw it all in a bucket and call it good. So not a bucket. Mm-hmm. I lied. It's going to go into a sealed jug, not sealed. Um, I'm so bad at explaining this. I haven't done it yet, but I know that there's that, uh, I like that, that I water lock. It's going in a bucket. There we go. We're going to call it a bucket. Yeah. I, I like it. I like it being in a bucket. Isn't that supposed to be, if you consume local honey, it will help with your allergies of like wherever, like the, your environmental allergies of wherever you are. I, I, not like what they say. That is the, um, unsubstantiated legend. Yeah. Uh, they, uh, <laughs> my allergies, I, I eat local South Carolina honey and my allergies have never been worse than they are this week. So that's not helping. Well, drink more meat, I guess, you know, there you go. That's the solution to the problem. And I will say that if you have a mead that you want me to specifically talk about on the show in one of our callback segments, uh, just contact me and I will gladly drink any professionally bottled mead. I'm not going to solicit homegrown mead. (laughs) There we'll have to meet at a convention or something and I'll have to share a draft of it. But, uh, um, you know, Mm -hmm. if if you're, if you're a professional mead maker and you've got a sealed bottle that you want to send me, I mean, I will gladly talk about it on the show. Uh, I would, I would also enjoy scotch recommendations there's there's nothing i would not try uh even to buy a whole bottle of Mm -hmm. uh as long as it's not you know three (laughs) hundred dollars because i'm probably gonna like it but maybe not Mm -hmm. so you know i'd I'd rather save that for my more expensive ones that i do like do you ever go to a bar just that you can buy one drink of it to see if you will like it (sighs) you know Alcohol at bars and restaurants, the p- price is so inflated. It it's is. Like, it is. It's tough. It's tough. Um, special occasions sometimes, yeah. But um, I don't know. I my friend, uh, my friend's John in April, who I'm staying with right now, he has a bunch um, of some that he brought back from Japan and um, some other really nice scotches. So honestly, we'd probably just like leave the restaurant and go have a dram, mm-hmm. you know, of our own stuff, but, um, it's not unheard of. I might actually be more inclined to try some like fancier, like whiskeys, not necessarily scotch whiskeys, because mm-hmm. I don't, I'm almost never going to buy a bottle of that 
um, without trying it. But I feel like scotch, um, I'll, I'll, for some reason I'll take a risk on it. Uh, whereas I won't with like whiskeys and bourbons, I just kind of usually like pick my old standbys, you know, that I really like, and then use those in drinks like old fashioned or something like that. So, um, there is a whiskey bar here in Seattle mm. that has a ton, a ton of whiskeys. And actually I need to go there again, whenever it's safe to do so with my friend Marissa. Um, cause we went there before several years ago and we absolutely enjoyed it. So I think I would do that. I think it's more of a destination thing. I don't normally get the hankering right. after like a meal to, to have some, if someone else was, then maybe I would, if someone initiated it, if they're like, I'll have, you know, this kind of after dinner drink, then I might be like, okay, I might have one too. Yeah. I, I thought that whiskey was supposed to keep you safe from all ailments so that if you, you could go to a bar and do whiskey and you'd be safe. Right. That's the myth, right? I mean, I, I think so. It's not real. Don't, don't, don't. Yeah, not real. We don't condone that. Not medical, you're not not medical advice. You're, yes. You're never safe. You're always in danger. You're in danger. <laughs> you're never, always. never safe. You are always in danger. Well, that could very well be the topic of this episode or the title. Um, <laughs> yes. Drink responsibly. Yes. yes. I will, I'll put that disclaimer on there. Don't, uh, don't drink at all Scott. or drink responsibly, depending on whichever is more appropriate for you. Yeah. Scotch is, is very strong. It's not a, not a chugging booze, you know, mm-hmm. you want to sip, sip and enjoy. I'm now looking at mead making equipment and for 16 bucks, 17 bucks, I can get a kit from Walmart to make mead. Mead, mead's a, a chugging booze. I think you can, you can chug up mead. I mean, it could be, it's I mean, got, it's like beer. I mean, they did. Vikings did. It's, it's, it's more like it's. But stronger though, isn't it? it Alcohol content? It can be. Yes. It, it can be anywhere between yeah beer and wine level strength, even, even stronger, but. So like 15%, you know, 20%. I mean, I honestly, I, I don't usually drink it just for the alcohol. So I don't often check the label, which has gotten me in trouble at least <laughs> once. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say, I only check in case it's a lot. If it, it's like, <laughs> mm, this is good. And then it's like, you know, glug, glug. And then mm-hmm. before you know it, I'm like, okay. I want to let our listeners know that my wife is sitting on the couch, not too far from me now, incredibly worried that I'm going to buy mead making equipment and start making mead in our <laughs> apartment place and we'll just tell her it's fine it's going to be in a bucket it's going to be in a bucket she'll be fine <laughs> you're, you're just putting it in a bucket, bucket it's okay no if it was in an open bucket my cat would probably at very least pollinate it with her fur but uh yeah mm-hmm. but you said you could put anything in mead so you know uh, you could i wouldn't put essence of essence of cat though if probably you probably not advise if you let it ferment long enough it probably would dissolve the cat hair and yeah Oh God, that sounds terrifying. <laughs> it does. Really? Uh, so yeah, I think that's enough about booze. Uh, did we want to talk about anime at all or did we want to wrap it up here? I'm good either way. I don't know what your evening's like. Up to you. Um, well, I guess we can't just leave everybody with just boozy stuff. We got to give them something to watch or pay attention to while they're boozing. And so mm-hmm. I have been watching a lot of anime on Netflix uh, lately. And that I think there's one that you are familiar with, and that's the Demon Slayer series um, mm-hmm. that is there. And the other two I, I was watching was the Blue Period and Orbital, the Orbital Children. And I want to talk about those real quick before we jump into Demon Slayer. The Blue Period is, I'm trying to figure out what kind of anime it is because they classify these things and I don't know the genre. It's a, it's a coming of age anime of, of, a student who does well in school, but doesn't stand out in any sort of way who all of a sudden discovers art when he's trying to decide where he's going after he gets out of uh, whatever 
level of school he's in. And it is an excellent exploration of, oh, these are things that you pay attention to in art. And since I went to school for art, it's sort of like, oh, I feel this guy. Um, he uh, much more dedicated to actually being an artist than I ever was because he got into the, the tryouts to figure out if he would get into a Japanese art school, which probably means he already has more talent and dedication to being an artist than I will ever. Uh, but just the characters were nice. Uh, there were some interesting turns as far as uh, when you learn about you know s- some of the characters and, and what's going on in their lives. But it is not dramatic. It is a soothing, a mostly soothing show uh, with the exception of when he's having to prove himself as an artist. I recommend it entirely. I haven't read the manga or the manga, but I have watched the show. Uh, the other one is The Orbital Children, which I think is pure Netflix stuff, but it's an interesting show that came out this year or late last year where um, uh, science fiction, extraterrestrial boys and girls, I think is what it was originally called somewhere else. It's weird stuff happening, and I recommend it once again. It's not grossly violent, uh, which is something we're going to be talking about here in a minute. And I just recommend it for some science fiction. There's uh, sort of a look at, hey, what is social media going to do in the future? What kind of cool technologies might be important to have when we get into outer space and, and all that? So there. Got that out of the way. Go check out those two. And let's talk about Demon Slayer. Let's, yeah. So I am so <clears throat> stoked that's on Netflix because I, I watch my anime on Crunchyroll, so it's, it's a little bit ahead. Uh, mm. Netflix, you, you know, puts, puts stuff out um, sometimes like behind or doesn't get stuff until later, you know, that kind of thing. Unless yes. it's made for Netflix specifically, but that is not often the case, so. So that's that's where the big lie hit me because I was talking about it with uh, my coworker, and I was like, "Oh, a Netflix original Demon Slayer," and he just laughed at me uh, be- uh. because uh, it is not original. Apparently, though, they pay for exclusive distribution rights or something, whatever it is, they pay to put their name on and call it a Netflix original of some sort. Um, Interesting and. It is not a Netflix original, so apparently you can see it on Crunchyroll. And since I have HBO Max, I may have Crunchyroll still, uh, which is so I may go watch it. Wait, I should have asked this. Do you watch subbed or dubbed or does it vary? I prefer to watch subbed so that I cannot just watch the anime. Uh, But oh, that's the thing is I watched the blue period dubbed and I just absorbed me all the way in. And then I just saw now that they've subbed it. I was like, well, let's listen to the voices. And I got so angry at the voices. Yeah. It's, it's hard once you've started dubbed mm-hmm. to go to subbed. Cause, and I actually just think potentially even vice versa, because you get into the characters and their voice and whatever that voice is, be it English or Japanese, mm-hmm. then you, you get to know that voice and it's weird and kind of jarring to hear a different voice sometimes. It is not usually as hard for me to go from, from subbed to dubbed because the context of the uh, sounds is not is embedded in my brain, but yes, mm-hmm. it's still, still not super easy to make that change. And some of them, the, the sub is lacking uh, and some of them, the subs are great. So, so what is the conceit of demon slayer? Ooh, Demon Slayer um, is uh, probably considered like a shonen, um, which is basically like a lot of battles. Um, and it's kind of in the format of like <clears throat> typically 
each episode it'll you'll there'll be some big some battle against some kind of beast or something you know what i mean mm-hmm. um kind of kind of like right. a monster of the week type of thing if you're familiar yeah. with that rpg so, so you're you're kind of always going to be fighting against something shonen anime also tends to have the trope of i do the attack and i shout the name of the attack when i do the attack Um, (laughs) yeah which which does happen in this one and it's not for everybody i will say this one is like some of them can can be very cheesy like my hero academia is very cheesy um and and i don't mean that negatively i I love my but um but this i do feel like actually is a little bit more artistic and nuanced Mm -hmm. and it has um I mean, without telling too much of the story, um, but it's one of those, uh, I mean, it happens pretty early on, but it's one of those, um, something devastating happened to the main character and where, where does he go from here? And he kind of ends up in a training facility where they, they train him to be a demon slayer. And, uh, and he, he kind of feel realizes that he has some special talents that are innate inside of him that he needs to tap into. And, yeah. um, the, the demons are really cool. They are <laughs> in this anime. They are, some of them are off the wall. It's like, I think of it as like, you know, sometimes the Pokemon, it's like, wow, they really turned like gears into a Pokemon. You know what mm-hmm, I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's kind of like that. It's like, Oh, they turned that into a demon. Interesting. And their attacks are different. So, even though there there's like a regular onslaught of battles, um, they all feel different. They're not the same. Um, and the side characters are a lot of fun. Who is your favorite character? And is it Inosuke? <laughs> okay. So which one is Inosuke? Is, <laughs> That's is he... the one with the mask. Okay. Without uh, spoiling it. Right, right, right. Folks, okay. But... So all right, first of all, um, I, I do have to say that the main character he has the weirdest superpower combination of any starty character that, that I think is like, because you find out pretty quickly that he has super scent uh, smells, right? And uh, he can smell, smell anything. And his head is apparently the most indestructible substance in the world. He has the hardest head of anything in the known anime universe. And, and so that was interesting. So I do like um, – that character and my problem with this is i don't know actually any of their names it's tanjiro is the main character this anime series has the single most annoying character that nearly made me quit watching the show i I know we tend to be all rainbows and and flowers on the show but the guy who doubts his abilities um his own abilities and stuff the one who doesn't believe that he Zenetsu, the blonde, the one. Yes, the fire blonde. Is that what you're thinking? Yes. I. Okay, well. So irritating that I very nearly just quit watching. I was like, if they don't get past him soon, I am done. Uh, But it looks like the next season they'll get past that. Yes. I, I I think they get past it a little bit in season one. And they definitely do in the movie. So there's a movie in between season one and season two. So if you want to watch the show watch season one and then please watch the movie because it's amazing and then watch season two but no zanetsu's got an arc and that's the character that you're talking about mm-hmm. um and it, it is interesting um but i, I feel like they kind of need that because tanjiro comes in like real strong and um i mean also has an arc i mean they all have arcs but inosuke kind of comes in inosuke and zanetsu kind of come in at opposite ends of the spectrum of like confidence in their abilities. And I think that's kind of interesting because Inosuke is like, I can beat anybody. And Zenetsu is like, I'm so scared. So you have these two like 
diametrically opposed side characters that are traveling with Tanjiro plus Nezuko, his sister, who's mm-hmm. like a demon in a box. But um, uh, that's that's a whole other thing. But I, I kind of think that's interesting how those two characters kind of start out on opposite ends of the spectrum and then they sort of grow and their arc kind of fills them out a little bit more throughout the season. And this may be the problem that I think I'm watching the dubbed version, that it could be that uh, in the subbed version, maybe he's not as annoying, but I just know that I, I just found the way they characterized him was he has nothing but flaws all the way down. Right. Um, That is actually interesting. He hearing, hearing someone whine versus just reading someone whine and hearing someone whine in another language mm-hmm. is probably less annoying than hearing them whine in your native language or a language you understand. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. And I agree with it. And, but I would say that I liked the series enough that despite that, I stayed with it. I thought the whole conceit of what happens uh, with the sister from the beginning or was intense and that uh, they did a good job at sort of leveling things up. They're not immediately completely able to perfect everything right away. It's it's, they have some good training montages that are super, super entertaining. Uh, in, in other anime, I've got, can we get past this part? But in this one, I thought that most of the training stuff was pretty, pretty spot on and, and all that. So how far has the actual series gotten uh, in anime just, just season two, I believe. Okay. All right. um, um, oh, oh, in manga, I don't know. Actually, in manga, it's it might be way further. I've never read the no. manga, um, so so I'm not I'm not positive on that. But um, I know there's at least two seasons on Crunchyroll of Demon Slayer, and I need to I need to get on that. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's pretty violent. Um, you know, I mean, it is a battle show, but there has been some of those that haven't been quite so violent, but this is uh, unforgiving in some ways. We'll just say the threads uh, episode or arc story arc with all the threads in it. Um, it was so creepy. Um, so I think if you like that one, you might be interested in erased is also an anime on Netflix. Okay. And um, this is about a boy that realizes uh, that he can travel back in time. Ooh. And he uses this power to, um, you know, like save a kid that's going to be hit by a bus, etc. cetera. Um, anyway, and it's, it's, it's very interesting. Very, very suspenseful. There's a live action of it too. And, uh, but the, the first season is on Netflix. So nice. that's, that's another good one that if you like Demon Slayer, you might like that one. More quirky is Dory Doro. Yeah. And have you seen that one? Um, well, okay. Wait a minute. There's Doro. Um, Doro Hidoro. It's like a guy in a gator mask. Yes. Okay. And he eats the, uh, um, the gotcha. <laughs> he, he, eats- he puts them inside his head to, to tell if they're the one or not. Yeah. That is super, There's a lot going on in that one. super graphic and also very interesting. Um, but, um, there's also one that uh, that I watched that I can't. I'm horrible with the names. Um, that has a uh, a lady on a black motorcycle with a scythe and no head. It might not have been one that I've seen. Oh, man, Genesis is on here. There's actually a lot, honestly. There's a ton on here for Netflix. This is this is. Uh, and we don't have to talk just Netflix stuff. That's just where I've been. Um, well, honestly, there's a lot on here. Like Food Wars is really good. Oh, I love that so much. I was going to ask you if you have any recommendations for people who love Food Wars, but have finished it. 
Ooh, love Food Wars, but have finished it. Because I watched, went to Crunchyroll um, to watch the rest of them because they didn't have them all on Netflix. I feel like Beastars is like pretty approachable. Um, it's got, it's a world with like a lot of different animals and they're anthropomorphic and, you know, like rabbits and deer and stuff like that. Uh, and that's really interesting because it's a little like Zootopia where there's a little bit of a struggle between predator and prey type animals. Mm-hmm. Um so that one's kind of interesting and very approachable. I feel like promised Neverland is good. It's, it's about an orphanage, but then you kind of find out there's some dark dealings going on and yes. it can get kind of, ah, watch you know. that. Yep. Durarara. That's the one I was talking about. <laughs> okay. I haven't seen that. Oh, uh, it's really good. Um, so there's a couple of movies on here too, that are really good. Mm-hmm. Um, a silent voice is a, uh, there's a deaf girl that's like bullied by this guy in you know, school. And then I guess he kind of realizes they somehow get paired up together. And then he, you know, realizes I shouldn't be mean to this person. And then he's like, must protect, you know, and then tries to kind of like redeem himself, you know, from all the bullying that he did. Cool. Yeah. And one piece is finally on here. I, don't recommend getting to that unless you're super serial about it. <laughs> I, I'm not. I've watched One Piece. And I was like, oh, that looks cute, but didn't look compelling. I mean, I loved uh, it's a lot. Seven Deadly Sins. That was one I loved. And, you know, Fairy Tale, which I've discovered the rest of Fairy Tale, I think, is on Crunchyroll. So I may go back and watch the rest of that. But. The Board Game Club one is on Hulu. <gasps> what okay. is that? I need to watch that. Uh, I forget the Japanese name, but it's like, I think it's called like After School. Dice Club or something like that. Okay. It's very cute. And it has, it has like Marrakesh. They play like, I think like Ink and Gold. I don't know. They just play some really cute board games and they teach you how to play the board game in the episode. That's really exciting. Cute. But that's a different it's episode. Very, very cute. All right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So if folks wanted to hit you up for more uh, scotch or anime suggestions, where should people follow you? I am at Stuffstraw Games pretty much everywhere. Twitter, Instagram, Steam, uh, Board Game Geek, Board Game Arena, uh, Christian Mingle. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not on that. <laughs> uh, I'm not on that. <laughs> Do not look for me on that. Uh, or you go find a Stuffstraw Games. Yeah, go look for her there. Let us know if you find one. Uh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, if there's one there, they're an imposter. It's not me. So. Um, well, excellent. And I'm, I'm Donald Dennis, and you can find me all over the wilds of the internet as well, Sfio. Thank you, everybody, for listening through uh, a delightful chat uh, with my good, good friend, the, once again, the effervescent Stephanie Straw. Uh, you can go and uh, find out more about us and our shows over at InverseGenius.com. Join our Inverse Genius group on Facebook, uh, where we talk about a bunch of stuff. And, and well, that's about it. Uh, so thank you for joining me. I appreciate you being here. Bye. Bye-bye. That's it for this episode of the Inverse Genius Podcast. The Inverse Genius Podcast is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 3.0 License. Thank you.